to Warzone, a podcast on sci-fi, philosophy, religion, politics, gaming, and anything else taboo. Woo. Woo. I am Tara Smith, and I'm here with... Ben Benassik. Yeah, and we're here Yes. on a sunny-ish day. I'm looking out my window. It's relatively sunny. Haven't been outside for a few days, living the, the COVID dream. Um, Quite cool. I like the cold. I know yeah, you, you know this about me. I like the cold. I do know that. It's. I felt like it was getting balmy in the afternoon yesterday. I felt like it was a bit balmy. Mm. Um, not looking forward to that summer. I mean, no. Yeah, like with the winter, you get more flu-like uh, uh, symptoms, and ultimately, mm. it's going to be bad for everyone's health. However, yeah. personally, I like the cold. So yeah, <laughs> it's, it's true. I like both the hot and the cold. I think I like all temperatures. Um, mm. I was just thinking just though that one of the plus side of COVID, if we could call it a plus side, is that Tom Tom, <laughs> Tom normally gets a winter cold, right? Like he yeah. gets a cold almost every year. I don't because I have a superior immune system. But um, he mm. tends to get an annual flu. He hasn't got it because he just hasn't been in contact with anybody. So I think yeah, that's right. a benefit that people may be getting less sick um, because they're less in contact with people. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe less. Which means worse cold. flu next year. So that's <laughs> Possibly. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. That sort of came out of nowhere. Anyway, how's things? You start because I've got long stories. So you better start with your preamble. Uh, well, things are good. Um, uh, I'm a little bit frustrated about the COVID thing for um, a couple of reasons. So yeah. Yeah. Okay. So there's the health of everyone. Obviously, that's yeah. Yeah. So, and then there's the whole, you know, family thing. So my dad's wedding that's been pushed back. Um, yeah. yeah. Which is unfortunate. Oh, yeah. I just I can see Peter behind you. Peter. Peter. Oh, oh. oh. Where you go? Oh, hey. you looked. Hey, Peter. <laughs> there you go. Your voice is coming from like five speakers. So he's probably freaking <laughs> out going, how is he that looking around. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so like there's the personal aspect of it and then there's the health aspect of it. And then yes. for my business, right? So there is obviously the risk of people not turning up for things. But what I've found is actually more of a risk for the business is the pushing back of everything. So hmm. um, I've got an option to purchase um, a lot of cards from Europe at the moment. And I can't do it because I can't get shipping from Europe. So I've had a, a parcel sitting at Kiev, which is in the Ukraine. Um, yeah in an airport now for what's the date 18th night no 21st 22 days Shit. not moved at all sitting there yep. just uh, um two weeks there's parcels sitting in america not moved at all and then we've heard yes uh, last week that the new magic set was which was meant to come out last week they announced then hey it's not actually going to come out it's going to be pushed back yep. to august which means the double masters set is going to be pushed back till September, which means the Zendikar set is going to be pushed back as well. So it's this rolling on thing of mm. that three to, to four months that we lost at the beginning of the year uh, up until now is just pushed everything back constantly. Um, so it's like this, this snowball of effect because once you lose that new release, um, then there's a hole and then mm. that hole can't be filled with anything else. So it rolls on and it constantly isn't getting filled. So you're constantly being shrunk as a business then with no new releases. So you get the effect of 
having to shut down. Then you get the effect of getting rid of events um, during that period. Um, there's no coverage for that. And then you've got this rolling on effect of all of these things which aren't being released or happening. I, you look at the, the new release schedule for, um, uh, yeah, for video games and it's mm. bugger all that's coming out this year. Um, it sucks. Yeah. It sucks. So that's my but frustration. Why can't the post be delivered? I don't understand. There's no planes coming to Australia. But, okay. That's at the bottom of, um, like, um, you know, flights, so like pedestrian flights, mm-hmm. um, there is cargo holds, and cargo holds usually hold lots of posts as well as the, 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 the stuff for passengers. It's just mm-hmm. not getting shipped. That sucks, man. Yep. Unless you pay, Figure like, out. exorbitant fees for DHL Express. And now I always request DHL from suppliers, but a lot of websites that you go to and buy stuff online, you can't choose who they're shipping with. So they just choose who are their regular supply, like regular people that they ship with. And normally it'd be three, four days to get here from wherever. Um, yeah, we are pushing on 22 days unmoved at all for this package in the Ukraine. That's really shit. Yeah. I mean, and that's going to obviously create a backlog. If that's not moved for a month, imagine all of the other parcels that have come and are sitting on top of my package down the bottom. Mm. It's bad. It's real bad. It's like the world has just stopped. Yep. And people mm. are relying so much more now on deliveries, online deliveries and stuff too. Yep. Yep. That's right. Sorry. Just going to set this port. This printer. Uh, right now, Ben is out of camera, sort of moving boxes around at his feet. Uh, I just had to turn off a printer that was printing something. Um, yes. What are you printing? Uh, I'm not printing anything. Oh. Jody, Jody printing something. Ghost printer. Hmm? It's a ghost, ghost printer. Ghost, ghost in the printer, yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, anyway. So, so what, yeah, else? That's... what else? My news. I haven't been doing that. I got a, a new cabinet for the shop, which is cool. Crazy Taxi. That oh, yeah. A, I saw pictures. That was a mission. So I got my friend Dennis in Queensland. I, I pulled on a favour and asked him to go pick it up, which he didn't Yeah, really we talked to. about it last time. Remember? Did I? And, yeah, and I misunderstood and thought you meant that they'd, he'd driven all the way to Brisbane but then mm. didn't want to go to Campbelltown. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so yeah, that finally turned up. So... um the monitor was fine on it, which it was advertised that the monitor's broken. The game was broken on it. I was lucky I had another game, so I shoved that in there. That was all fine. And now I'm having trouble with the pedals because the pedals, they've used like a, a little nut thing and a, a, um, like a gear, and it's not pr- proprietary gear. And they also used a non-proprietary um, um, oscillator, I think it's called, or a, something. Um, controls voltage by um like spinning so like i have to replace that mechanism um yeah yeah it's not fun i don't like uh, this is why i don't like um mechanical based games like pinball and stuff i like like arcade games like button on off easy i I know how to do that other stuff that requires like mucking around with components and um yeah i don't even know what goes into them some sort of magic. Um, anything that moves, I'm not interested in. So the, um, what do you call it? 
the horse riding, riding game that Tom likes would be difficult, you think? Final furlong. Yeah, that's yeah. a nightmare. That's a terrible, <laughs> terrible machine. Like it's, it's got like five moving parts just in the horse. Yeah. yeah. It's crazy. I still think oh, you should buy one. Yeah, I don't know about that. No, you should buy two. You. <laughs> because How did you then get you can it? set up the betting ring. Like How if COVID you happens, it? you you could come oh on the market here. Like you could have the horses there in the 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 basement, and then uh, have yeah. people betting. It'd be great. Well, would we keep a shotgun in case machine stops working, so we can shoot it in its head if it stops? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, melt it down, turn um, it into glue. It'll be great. <laughs> I've got a question though. How did mm. you get you get it delivered in the end to Brisbane? You said you're gonna maybe hire like a U-Haul oh. or something. Oh, How'd you okay. get it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I put an ad up, and then only like two people gave me a quote. There was a fifty dollar difference between the two. It was the most expensive quote that I've ever had. Um, How much was it? Uh, Eight hundred. That's not too bad. Yes, that's it's usually two fifty. Oh, is it? Yeah. Yeah. Two fifty each return. A machine. One one single machine to come one way from Brisbane. That's oh, the okay. usual going rate. That um, seems really cheap though for someone to drive all the way to, from Brisbane to Sydney. Oh, they usually um are put in trucks which move other uh, stuff. This guy only had my machine and then Evan's little machine that um I agreed to pay right. to ship. So it was like uh, seven or eight, eight hundred dollars um, for the two machines to come here, which is expensive, really expensive. Yeah. But I guess that is quite expensive. Mm, mm. But the machine's but, here, so it's all good. That's good. It's on free play. People put coins in it on the weekend, so that was nice. We still made money off the machine, even though yeah. you can play it for free because it says free play on it. Um, why yeah, did they but, play pay? They're not realize or they'll just be no, nice. I think people see a coin mech and they're like, Oh yeah, yeah, put a dollar in. Cool. Have a go. because um, all the machines take a dollar um in the yep. shop. So yeah. Um, um was it is it really loud and distracting though when you play, when you were at the shop? It's super uh, obtuse and <laughs> yeah. offensive to everyone walking past. It's great. And it <laughs> says things like it's very nineties and it's got like the offspring blaring in the background. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Um yeah, that's the song. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, the guy says, um, oh, yeah, yeah, come and make some crazy money. Just drop a coin in and have a go. <laughs> it's like repeats that through the day when people walk past, which is pretty funny. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, it's going to get old. I love The Offspring, man. I love it. It was one of the first albums I had was the... I can't remember which the one with all like the main hits on it, and I just listened to it over and over again. Mm. I really liked the offspring. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very, very nineties. Very, yeah, very funny. Very late nineties, early two yeah. thousands. Um, <laughs> so yeah, it's that blue sky um, Seeger period, which is is nice to have something mm-hmm. of that in the shop. So it's cool. Yep. Hmm. Now tell me funny stories. What happened? All right, I I'll try and deliver it in a funny way as possible. Um, it's one of those self-deprecating stories, so you should like it. So, um, mm. as you probably know, and listeners might know, I am a bit of a pushover. I think that's fair to say. Um, no. Quite easily manipulated, and will say yes to things they don't really want to do. Uh, and Tom, if you don't know, is actually worse. So we make a pretty terrible duo of of pushovers when we're together because we both want to please people quite naturally. So. 
Um, the other thing you probably know is that I get roped in to do cat things, a lot of cat things. Mm. So it's a bit of a weak spot for me. Anyway, so Tom and I have been doing this sort of um, vaccination. I don't know if I've probably been, you know, other people might not, that we bring people with rescue from rescues will come bring cats over and we'll vaccinate them because we can order them ourselves because Tom's a veterinarian and we vaccinate them. So it costs $12. Whereas normally to get vaccinated, a cat would cost 80 to to $100, right? So it saves them a lot of money. Um, normally though, I try to get people to, to bring the cats here because it's like, we're doing the service, bring, you can bring the cats here. I think it's quite reasonable to ask rather than we driving half an hour or something out. Anyway, so I have a particular person that we've been doing this for and they, they, the first thing they did was they messaged Tom and not me, which is a big mistake because Tom's even more likely to say yes to something that he doesn't want to do than me. So she asked and saying, you know, can Tom drive over or take about 40 minutes to do the cats because she doesn't feel like driving here. And so Tom was like, oh, I don't really want to. And she talked to me. I'm like, absolutely not. Like, we do not do that. She can bring them here, period, mm. right? So anyway, um, he messaged her saying, no, no, you have to bring them here. So anyway, she brings them here, but she brings a couple other people. Doesn't tell me that she's bringing other people. So that was a bit weird. Anyway, she sits down and we do the cats for her. And then while we're there, she's like, I have a friend that has 11 cats and they live um, you know, about an hour away, kind of in the Camden area. Um, would you be able to go do it? And I was like, so for someone that's quite easily like wants to please, it's even harder when people are there in person. Cause I feel like yeah. I have to say yes, but I was like, I'll do like some strategies. So I'm going to like try and buy time. So that will mean that I can have time to formulate a text later that says no. Right. <laughs> so I, I was, so what, what I was doing was giving kind of like lukewarm answers. So she'd be like, Oh, do you think you could, I'm like, maybe, but you know, we'll have to see. And then, and I'll be like, we'll be very busy. Um, we don't really like going further away you know we've done a lot of cats that have that have been those jobs that have taken us a real like all day we really you know blah 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 so trying to be like really like not say yes definitely anyway so like we spent it was hard because they were sitting there with their friends all looking at us like I felt like I couldn't outright say no like no, no. we're not doing that so anyway so I, I at the end she was like okay like I'll give you guys some time to think about it to talk it amongst yourselves I'm like yeah you think like yeah please like let us let us do that right so off, off they go um and Tom and I just ignore it for a couple of days and then I get a get joined into a Facebook message with the other person with the 11 cats and her saying Tara and Tom have agreed <laughs> to to vaccinate the cats you can work on a day that works for you and I was like wait hang on <laughs> like we definitely did not agree and like and also like I don't want to do it and then so Tom and I like were like oh uh, uh, I don't know what to do like now they've got expectations so that we've she's been told we're going to do it and so I felt even more obliged and so we're like okay we'll pick a day that we're already going to be in Camden so a very specific day that we can only do it on this day thinking that if that doesn't work they'll say no and we can get out of it anyway but they said yes and so I was like fuck oh, yeah. how did this happen and I, I felt like the meme I don't know if you've seen it with um despicable meme meme and it's like the with like a a notepad in front of him and it'll say something like um and then the second panel is something like uh, I will vaccinate the, it's not this but I will vaccinate the cats and then he looks down he's like wait I will vaccinate the cats yeah. like the yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah that's how it felt like I'd been totally duped you know and I felt super resentful manipulated so You'll be proud of me that yesterday I sent messages to everybody and said, we are no longer doing vaccinations for you at all. And I sent it to the other person as well and said, we will not be coming on Saturday to desex these cats. Sorry. And I just was like, I was getting so resentful, Ben, because we're doing a service. Like, and most people, if you'd ask someone to do a favor and they're all like, oh, you would say, oh, don't worry. 
just let me know or don't, you know, basically yeah. leave it. That would be it. Mm. But she did not pick up on those cues. And so I was really angry because I was like, fuck, like I didn't want to drive an hour. I really don't want to do that. Like you can bring no. the cats here, make it totally fuss free. But we actually lose money because we pay for the delivery fee of the vaccine, which is $30. We don't charge for Tom's time. It's not a business. We don't need recommendations. We, we actually don't want the recommendations to other people. Yeah. We're not trying to grow our business. So if they don't want to do it, if that, she goes, well, f- I don't want to ever do it with you again. I'd be like, fucking great. Don't do it with me again. Bye. Yeah, yeah. Like, don't care. So I don't know. I, I just thought you'd find that really funny because I was telling my therapist and she, I got to the point where I was like, and then I said, yes. And she was like, wait, what? <laughs> like, what are you talking about? Why did you say yes? That's not putting a boundary in place. I'm like, no, I guess it wasn't. So, um, but I was proud of me yesterday. Like I spent ages crafting these messages because it just makes me feel super uncomfortable. I feel like I'm mm. going to die. Like it's just a total anxiety about disappointing people and things like that. But I was just like, we are no longer doing this. And everyone was like, that's fine. Like the thing is too, is I think people respect you more if you are really firm with your boundaries like yeah, sure. this is what we will do mm. so i'm definitely trying to practice that anyway the story doesn't sound funny now but i it <laughs> kind of i felt like it was funnier at the time i just like how tom and i just got to the point of really not wanting to do something and suddenly we had signed up to do Suck it, it and we we're doing it, yeah. it. <laughs> that's very yeah, presumptuous of her but also who owns 11 cats like what uh like rescues so okay they're all desexed yeah. uh yes Okay. But they weren't all, some of them were her own cats too. I felt a little uncomfortable because it's not a service I really like to do for people's own cats. Like yeah, I only really want to do it for rescue cats. So if, you, yeah. if you can kind of afford to do it on your own, I mean, I'd rather people just go to the vet normally, but we try and do it just for rescues. That's the sort of the idea. Yeah, but how do you know? But anyway, exactly. We don't. And so that's why I've, I decided I don't want to do it anymore. So, um, because it's, I'm also trying to like protect Tom a little bit because he's so busy at the moment and he's the one having to do it and he has vet shifts and his own PhD and I'm busy too. So, you know, we're just pulling back a bit from that. Um, so that was one funny story. The other funny story was I, I got an email, um, the other day saying that I had a delivery from Amazon um it but it, in from one of the american fedex or i can't remember the name but like american delivery service mm-hmm. maybe it was i don't know and anyway but the address was my uncle's address in um seattle so i was really confused I was like why am i getting an email of a delivery being sent in seattle and so i was, I was like super sauce about it because i'm like i know that there's scams and things um Mm. So I was like, all right, I'll call up the UPS or whatever it was in America. And they're like, it's a real package. It did get delivered on that day. Um, and it was delivered via Amazon. So I log into my Amazon account, no deliveries there. I log into Tom's Amazon account, no deliveries there. I messaged my uncle. He didn't get a deliver- physical delivery. Nothing came to his door and he hadn't ordered anything. And Amazon had no idea. And so it's just a mystery. What? No idea where the package came from. Or if it's a real package or where it no, is. No, nothing. No idea. I had some theories and I was really um, <laughs> angry about it because I felt like someone has my details or something, like something's gone sus, but yeah. I can't find any anything. And what kind of scam would be that they send a package in America with my name on it and my email address? What would the be the worst point, right? scam ever. <laughs> Just, yeah. I'm going to notify you about someone else getting a package. Ha ha ha. Yeah, I know. <laughs> what is that? <laughs> 
Yeah. That's but so I had, bizarre. the weird thing is I had ordered something from Amazon that day, mm. but not from that account and not with that email, but from Tom's account. And it wasn't being delivered in America. There was no record of it. I have no idea how to find the information because when I called Amazon America, they said it's an Amazon Australia problem, but I can't actually call Amazon Australia. They only let you email them. And that's really hard to email with a set. They'll have like a set seven categories, something like yeah. packages lost. There's nothing that says weird random package sent to my uncle in America option. So yeah, uh, I've just ignored it now, but I just, yeah, I thought that was like weird. Is uh, the tracking, and when you, so has it got a, like a, a number or something like that yeah, on the email? It has a tracking number. It's weird. Yeah. And then I clicked it and Tom's like, no, why did you click it? Cause he thought it was like some elaborate mm. phishing scam where if I logged in and followed the link with my details, cause I did, I put my password and email like an idiot because it just looks so legit, you know, it had the whole like um, FedEx sort of a website, email and everything. And Tom's like, don't do that. And anyway, luckily nothing happened. I changed all my passwords anyway, just in case, but I was like, it linked to a proper um, tracking number and everything was legit. Mm. So Still no idea what it was. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah. Weird. Anyways, that was my crazy mm. story. Other than that, I've just, I told Ben before, but I was applying for a postdoctorate that now I'm no longer applying for. This was a bit of a big waste of time. Um, I got my hair done. Um, just probably can't tell because I washed it, but I got it a bit blonder and cut it a bit. Mm. I'll see if Ben can't really tell, but no. it has, has been cut. Um, and... I got my hair done too. See, I'm going more bald. <laughs> oh, nice. Yeah. Oh, good. very good. You went for the bald cut, the yeah. old man, the old man haircut. It's, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I feel that I should charge. I'd be charged less at the hairdresser. Yeah. Because like, the conversations will keep getting shorter and shorter. Yeah, and, true. Yeah. So, like, um, Pete, who um, the guy that brought the cauliflower to me. Um, former oh, employee. Yeah. yeah. Um, so he was saying this yesterday, like you go to the hairdresser and you cut off a small amount and they charge you more, but you go and get like a crew cut and they charge you less. It's one of the only businesses that they do more and charge you less. But that's because it's a lot easier to do a buzz cut than yeah, yeah, yeah. trim. Yeah. But, but yeah. proportionally they're, they're doing more for less. Mm. It's a weird True. business. Mm, oh, I just had another question for you that I was thinking the other day. So, you know how we have like questions about weird things like sheets, like top sheets. Do you use top sheets or not? No. Right. What's top? Yeah. Sheet? Oh, yeah. yeah do yeah, you use it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah we we yeah. we did these whole hypotheticals about certain things, preferences, right. right? So that yeah. was one. Do you have a top sheet? Which obviously you do, unless you're an animal. Yes. yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. The other things, which direction do you put the toilet paper? Do you have the toilet paper facing uh, yeah. like away out. from the wall or yeah. towards it? Yeah, or are out. you an animal? Yep. So, yep, <laughs> exactly right. That was a, that's one. Um, the other one that we didn't agree with is like, in if you're in a bind, would you use Jody's toothbrush? Would you? Yeah. Yeah, we yeah I would use Tom's as well. Oh, I thought you were anti-toothbrush sharing if in a bind. Uh, in a complete bind, yeah. 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 All right. What about pillows? Do you have your own set pillows? Yes, because I like a flatter pillow, but I don't care about the germs of, of swapping a pillow. Oh, okay. Because Tom and I have the exact same pillow, so we don't know whose is whose. <laughs> so we swap oh. them all the time. Yeah. Okay. No, no, no. Yeah. I know my pillow. Have... Jody knows hers pillow. But right. I like because so you... I like. like Are you like a firm? Hmm? Is it? Is what kind? Do you use the pillows that have the like memory foam, or do you use like? No. 
polyester foam or do you have the like with little feathers inside? I think they've got feathers inside. Oh, I hate those pillows. They're awful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're, you, you're, no. you're a vegan, of course. No, no, not because of that. I don't give a shit about that. But <laughs> you put your head <laughs> you put your head on them and then you're like lying on nothing. They're not good yeah. at all. They're so yeah. lumpy. Like that you lie on it and you're suddenly lying on no pillow. Why that's, would I want that for my head? That's almost the best pillow is no pillow. It has <laughs> to be thin, true. like thin, thin. Oh, uh, yuck. That's terrible. because no, I, I lie like, like this. Fuck off With my pillows. arm like this. Oh, so. I like like that as well. I, I'm like that. So I'm in a little crunk, crook shape. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, you and put then the sometimes pillow. you do the... Yeah, no, you put the pillow here in between your head and the arm for those yeah, that I do the aren't same. watching from home, which is everyone. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I always sleep on my arm. I either sleep with an arm out, like you're yep. saying hello, or you sleep it crooked up like a right. triangle. Yes. Yeah. And then you put the pillow. Do you sleep in on your side? <laughs> do you sleep yes. on your side? Yeah, yes. me too. Yeah. Do you yeah. okay, another question. When you're sleeping with Jody, do you get freaked out if you're both facing the same like towards each other? I hate that. That's awful. No, I don't get freaked out because like, I know that she's there. It's been a while. <laughs> no, no, but I mean, so. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not freaked out. But like, do you think it's gross having each other breathe on each other during the night? I hate that. I don't nah, want to be breathed on. I mean, really, you don't like that. Well, You're I usually asleep. face the other way anyway. <laughs> oh, you do? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Tom always seems to want to be facing me, and I'm always telling him to roll over, and then he just rolls back over and faces <laughs> me. I just. I hate it. It's like, seriously, do we want to be just recycling the same nighttime breath between each other? Aren't you facing, so you're facing him first. Well, sometimes you need to mix it up. I can't sleep on the same side all night. You want to be able to have a little bit of time on the other side, right? Mm. A little bit. <laughs> you don't, no, you don't like to rotate, turn around? Oh, occasionally. It's... Very, very infrequently. Oh, really? So you just sleep on the exact same side the whole Usually, time? Usually, yeah, to my right. So fa facing away from each other? Yeah. No, either. there's no spooning. <laughs> no, no, we've got no. three kids. There's, there's no. <laughs> no spooning. Oh, yeah. Do the kids sleep in between? No. Mm. Anyway, I think this is the totally. Cats, the cats have slept between. The cats the other night were caught sleeping on the bed. Like, because the cats. Are I now... thought you you had a very strict no cat sleeping on the bed rule. Uh, no, it was um, when Hannah was like really really young. So um, now cats are out. So. They're, they're out and about through the night as long as they're behaving as soon as they start mucking up then it's back to the lock on the garage um and it's not like because they've got all their food and stuff in here and they've got their beds and their fluffy stuff and boxes and everything yeah. so it's like cat paradise in here um but yeah for the moment I, it's it's open I, yeah i always thought you never let the cats in the bedroom no oh. no all the doors so, are open through the night no you so they sleep the on the bed. Yeah, well, they were caught sleeping on the bed, like in a train. You know how they do the train thing? <laughs> no. No cat train. What are head you talking cat, about? Butt of cat, and then oh, head okay. of cat and butt of cat. Like a cat train. I see. Mm. Yeah. Uh, last night, Thomas was sleeping on my side, and he's a big cat. He takes up like half the bed, so that also made a comfortable sleep. Oh, wait, yeah. that wasn't my question, though. That They weren't my questions. I had another question. Um, what was I going to ask? Tupperware. How do you store your Tupperware? Do you think that the the Tupperware should be stored as a set with the lid clipped on, or do you have your lids and Tupperware separate from each other? No, there's a box that has the lids, <laughs> oh, which God. is a larger Tupperware thing. So all the lids are in there. Ah, and then okay. there's a stack of stuff. Now, normally, I know it would be make sense to put the lid 
with the thing. Yes. But with the limitation of space and then we have like obviously kids meals and stuff that goes in them all the time. There's a lot mm-hmm. of containers yeah. that we have. Yeah. I, I haven't quite worked that out at the moment. It feels like I have a lot of Tupperware, but no complete Tupperware. And it's up so high that every time I try and pull it down, it falls on my head. So I need to rework that system. Yeah. You got to put it down um, low. Yeah, I think so. It's Pots really annoying. Tupperware down low. <laughs> Pots up high. Mm. Even oh, the pots, pots for us are low. down low because yeah. all of the storage space is down low. Did you just make that up or is that like a known thing? Oh, it's an old wives' tale. It's, like <laughs> <that>. <laughs> uh, it's from the Middle Ages. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Passed down from generations. Yeah. Generation. <laughs> That's right. Uh, okay, anyway, that, that were my, my funny like questions to pose you because I, I was wondering about the Tupperware, of how people store their Tupperware. Yeah. Um, no one teaches you these things at growing up school, do they? No, no. This is what should be taught instead of you know, geography, <laughs> history, economics, Tupperware. Yeah, Tupperware, Tupperware storage. Hmm. Yeah. Anyway, um, we should probably talk about the things we're going to talk about. Yeah, so it's aliens. So this, this episode is, I'm not saying it's aliens, but it's aliens. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It can be our, our, our um, subtitle. Uh, so we watched Midnight Gospel episode four, five. I, th- I thought it could, I think it's five. Five. Yeah. I don't know. We meant to. Ben was meant to watch it last week, and so I mm. had all the prep done. Yeah. And we watched Louis Thoreau, um, the Wild Weekends episode one on UFOs. Yeah, nineteen ninety. Eight, I believe it was released. Yeah, so he's just come from working on um, oh, what was that TV show called? With hang on, let's have a look. Which one um, did you want to talk about first? I reckon we should talk quickly about the Midnight Gospel, so then we can talk more about Louis, which is probably yeah, got more. I've to just, say. I've just. <laughs> Just brought up Google's so weird. Like, I just looked up Louis Theroux to to yeah. see. Okay, yeah, TV Nation. So yeah, Michael Michael Moore's TV Nation, which is pretty cool. So, and then he goes on to Wild Weekends and When Louis Met. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, he was like a, a writer for um, Michael Moore, which is really cool. No, um, I didn't know that. That's interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> so I did that on Google and look up Louis through and then yeah got that that information and then I must have clicked something because then it's gone Louis through's height and it's given me like a you know like you you type in a sum in Google and it says it really big yeah one one point eight eight meters <laughs> that's funny how does it common search yeah. <laughs> who's who how tall is, is Louis yeah. Oh, that's funny. All right, so let's just briefly talk about the Midnight Gospels episodes. This was the episode last week that I asked Ben to watch, but for some reason he watched three and four instead of four and five. So now, as punishment, he has had to watch five, which I thought was a better episode anyway. I don't know what you thought about it. Um, It's sort of about existential dread set in a prison. Um, The guest podcaster person is Jason Layov, L-A-O-V. Yeah, who is a bird. Who is a bird or a psychopomp. Uh, or the soul of the, I guess, the um, alien character that is imprisoned? No, he's not the soul. He's a guardian. Oh, he's a guardian. Like he's like a a, a tethered guardian to the alien which keeps dying. 
Really? I interpret it as, I mean, he calls himself a psychopomp, which to me, I guess that's like a, someone that comes with you to back and forth to yeah. de- uh, death or yeah, yeah, that's hell. Right. Um, and it's sort of set in a recurring death cycle. The mm. prisoner keeps dying. And the idea being that he hasn't had the awakening or realize what he needs to realize to break out of that cycle. Right. Mm. That's the impression I got. That's right. Um, and each time he dies, it goes through like a montage of scenes of um, large figures with, I think, one eye taking a feather out of the bird and putting it on um, scales with his mm. heart being measured and each time in the beginning his heart is is heavy it's like a little demon heart and it keeps being obviously being deemed as unworthy and has to relive the cycle again right yeah and um the main character oh shit what's his name uh what's the main guy's name duncan no what's his name clancy clancy um is a little rainbow xylophone character that yeah. plays music on himself. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I can't even remember how the story starts with him getting there, but yeah, his little rainbow is on the xylophone. Anyway, yeah, what's oh, the story? The rose. the rose dies. He, oh, so he's right. a rose in the garden. This is, it sounds like we're on <laughs> drugs talking about this. <laughs> There's a rose in the garden, the yeah. rose dies, and then he asks the computer how to make plants come back alive oh yeah that's right he's looking at space and then it looks like there's a saturn type planet um he's like oh yeah what's that and the computer says no you weren't meant to see that (laughs) and then (laughs) so he goes there and that's that's the connection there's no real yeah um reason he's he's no that's true and the roses from the previous episode we talked about with uh, I think it's Trudy Goodman and mm. the roses meant to have magical powers. And there's little mice worshipping it, right? They're bringing right. their dead yeah, mice. Yeah, there's a cult at and, the end. Yeah. And he says that that yeah. looks like... Because, the, yeah, the, the mice are taking their, their ailments to the rose and the rose then sucks up, like, the blood and stuff <laughs> yeah. off them. Yeah. It's very yeah. detailed. Anyway, but the story is that, um, yeah, this sort of recycle... Uh, re, this wheel of of sort of um, deaths happening over and over again because yeah. the main character in the main character is trying to get enlightenment and so yeah. all of this is what I like about the show. So all of that stuff I like, like that yeah. we've, we've mentioned there, but then you have this conversation going on in the background and I've, I figured out what I don't like about the show now after watching mm-hmm. this and it's, it's something. So you get this conversation going on in the background and it's of, two old stoners talking about, you know, drug trips and having sex and then, you know, um, getting through life and whatever. That's fine. But they're not sticking with the point. It's like, it's a cut down conversation on top of an awesome TV show. So it's like, it's, it's interrupting the show or it's not Mm. going deep enough to that conversation. So I think it's really like the guest element to it. Like whichever guest is on there is going to either make or break the show. Mm. So they said some really interesting things because they're talking about um, avatars and, and world of Warcraft and engaging with the world and, and pushing yourself into a certain experience. But then, you know, that experience is actually fake and what you're trying to do is actually fill the space with something else. um, And you don't know what you're after. And then the conversation gets interrupted by another death scene 
and then it moves on entirely. So then that just mm. it stops. Like there's no there there must have been further conversation there because it, it then is disjointed and they go to a different topic straight away afterwards. And I felt like the editing of what would be really long conversations or really long things um, that they've taken snippets from what they find interesting from these points of, of conversations and then put it on top of what is um, the meta narrative of the show, which is the death scenes and the recurring aspects and the heart mm. being weighed and all of that. And it just disrupted that whole thing. Mm. Um, yeah. And I found that like really frustrating because like, I like, I like the animation of it. I don't like it as much as, um adventure adventure time, time. which I, yep. I mentioned last week like the thicker line thing but I, I still like the animation and i like the character base um i like the, the conversations as well um but yeah it's just it's just not enough like yeah mm. it's a weird you can't feel like it's too too much quality is lost in the in the editing phase yeah absolutely yeah, yeah. i i get what you mean i kind of like it as like what I do really like about it is having a visual element to a podcast that maybe if I was listening to the full hour, I'd actually find boring. Mm. So I actually kind of like having an animation version of it happening while I'm listening. Once mm. when I'm kind of, when I'm able to do both, but then sometimes it becomes disjointed and I'm finding that I'm sacrificing the visual for the audio or the audio for the visual, in which case I'm not paying full attention. Yeah. So I think at times I really enjoy it. And really, I really liked about this one is just how much the visual did match up with what the conversation was. Because I think in the, in the Trudy Goodman one, it was okay. But the one you, the first one you watched, or maybe it was that one that sometimes the action was really not matching very well. Yeah, no, that was the Trudy Goodman one where you've got like, they're going to a gate and stuff and she's talking about something completely different, really quietly. And you get these loud noises going on. You're like, yeah, how is this actually making sense? So yeah, I agree. Um, and I think, yeah, the meta narrative matched the conversation better in this episode yeah. for sure. Um, it's just still, there is this disruption and it's not because there's constant deaths going on and it's going recycled. It's because the topic that they're speaking about is then getting cut on the basis of, of something else. And it's obvious that it's mm. a larger conversation and they've just had to make editing decisions. And I think he's the type of interviewer that he wouldn't be pushing towards time um, and would yeah. just be letting a flow of conversation happening. So these conversations probably go for two, three hours sometimes. Yeah, they're really long podcasts for memory. So yeah. like the podcast he does on the, the Duncan Trussell family hour or whatever are much longer and it's very meandering, like in, yeah. like interrupted with you know anecdotes. And it's really good for that reason, but there was no way that they would be able... And the episode is only like 25 minutes. So how do you cut yeah. down? And I think the way to look at it is, is this is just a taste. And I think that's what's really is really good about it. It's a short taste that mm. might... And get people to go i would want to find out more about you know buddhism or hinduism or meditation or uh, sure. jason layov and then maybe i'll find track down the longer podcast like maybe it's better to see it more like a advertisement or something a preview. yeah 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 a yeah. visual preview or something like that or, or like yeah. um i think a lot of albums do that as well with musicians that release like longer video clips uh, kanye has done mm. this for some of his earlier stuff i know kanye is a divisive character now and he's he's clearly jumped <laughs> off the crazy train um, uh, i feel sorry for him man did yeah. you see him doing the speech he looks so stressed i oh, know like he he's this... crying and shit and he's yeah. just all over the place anyway 
So Kanye's album, My Dark Twisted Fantasy, um, there was a, um, a clip that they, he, he actually released as part of it and it has this um, connection, but then it also links into the longer album. Um, and so you get that snippet, but then there's so much more that you can get out of it as well. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I, yeah, that's, that's where I think um, I should be thinking about it. But yeah, it was really frustrating because I, I actually liked parts of this conversation and I wanted to hear more about it. And then it just got yeah. like, it's, it's definitely. Yeah. Well, maybe in the future that like, we'll we obviously have a break from Duncan Charles, but we can come back and just listen to a full podcast. Yeah. A podcast reviewing a podcast. <laughs> podcast reviewing a podcast. We found out. Very niche. meta. Mm. Yep. Um, anyway. We review so, our own podcast. Yeah. I did really like the talk on spirituality and the death cycle and stuff. I thought that was really cool. And, and at the end, um, where the character Clancy is like, he enters like a no, like a non-existence, right? Yes. Like the very last scene, it's like he's in like a grid oh, I mean, of, of non-reality. Yeah, yeah, yeah that was really cool. Essential non-existence. That's what they're talking about. Mm. So it is your existence and the basis of you being here is not essential. And that's what you have to realize. And that's a very yep. Buddhist um, aspect or trait. Um, oh, know, yeah. And then there's the weird singing scene. I've forgotten about that. That's oh, so yeah. weird, And then she's right? like, yeah, and now I can sing. Like this is the, the, yeah. the prisoner which keeps dying. So at the end, the heart weighs less than the feather. Yep. So the heart and, is, and mo- is light. Mostly by cooperation and stuff as well, right? Like by like working together. I got that impression too. Yeah, like and not shooting the guard. Yeah, because the, yeah. the guard keeps getting shot and then, yeah, that's bad. Okay, so then it learns that, okay, you shouldn't do that. So it's about yeah. being um, being in existence. Um, and that non-essential aspect is the conversation, which is also going on in, in the background. Um, but, yeah, non, non-essential, non-existence. And then he comes out of the dream sequence or the, the, the vagina pod or whatever you want to call it. Um <laughs> And he's at peace. He's not like shocked as the previous episode because he dies in the previous episode. So, mm. yep. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, 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 I liked this one. The singing part was weird, but I did like the kind of recycle, like the reliving each scene and stuff. I thought it was like a like a cool visual and and just mm. the repetition of and how he, how futile he he's trying so hard and each time it just doesn't seem to work. So. I think it was a, a really like nice visual to sort of talk about some of the, you know, ideas of non-existence and I guess reincarnation in a way, yeah. or, you know, those kind of themes. So yeah, I really liked this episode, even though it did feel at times maybe a little disjointed. And I think listening to the full podcast or looking at some of Jason Layoff's other stuff probably would be more in depth, but it, as a quick little taster, which I see these as almost like a tasting plate of different ideas on meditation. I think that's quite good. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. Um, all right. Now we want to talk about aliens. Aliens. Yes. UFOs. <laughs> so Louis Thoreau. Um, so after he leaves um, the bosom of Michael Moore and in um, an interesting point actually with Michael Moore's career, because he'd just done TV nation. He was writing a book. He's filming movies. Um, so he was on this trajectory of actually going and being more successful Theroux decides to break out and run his own thing. And he gets a contract with BBC two, um, and then does, um, wild weekends. 
Um, and so where he goes oh, and- Oh, weird, we- weird weekends, weird weekends right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, weird weekend. Um, he, um, sorry, I am getting distracted by my cat licking a brick. <laughs> These are weird cats, eh? <laughs> what you did with them when they were in your house for that period of time, but they are the weirdest cats. Licking bricks. Um, and that's not a euphemism. That's an actual thing, licking <laughs> the brick. Um, okay. So, um, yeah. The, so, through in, in this time, he goes to America and he's crisscrossing all over the place and it's then cut together um, for him spending time with um, um, not cults, but subculture groups really. Um, and the subculture group of the first episode is, um, the UFO community. And that includes people who see themselves as the defense force for (laughs) UFOs. Um, people that live close to area 51, um, and own businesses there and try and profit off, um, visitors that go there. And then, you know, there's historians, quote unquote historians that live in the town of 81 people or something like that. Um, and yeah, um, are trying to track the history of, of uh, UFOs in Area 51. Then you get like community people that go to the borders and like wave at the guards, um, <laughs> which is pretty funny. Um, and then, yeah, he goes to cow mutilation sites. He meets with Quagar, um, I think is, is the name. So a, an alien that is speaking <laughs> through a reverend. Um, that's very weird. Um, yeah. And then in the end, he says that he doesn't believe, but um, yeah, he finds it interesting, their passion um, towards um, UFOs. What was your favorite scene out of this amazing episode? Um, I love old Louis. Like, I don't know. I feel like he was a bit more scathing and a bit more. So what I love about Louis, and I know everyone loves this about Louis, is that he visits very controversial groups and he does it Mm. in a way that is non-judgmental, that they feel is non-judgmental, but you know that he is judging them a little bit, right? There's like some subtle things, but he does it in such a polite and like easygoing manner that that people aren't offended. But in this, I felt like he was way more, like in his early episodes, way more um, critical in that like super nice way you know there's some of his questions are a little bit more pointed i feel mm. like louis just being a bit more tougher like than he is in later episodes and i really like that because it's like cheeky louis comes out and yeah and i don't know i i think i love i'm trying to remember the part i like the best i think i liked when he was kind of teasing the tour lady at area um was it area 41 area 51 51 teasing her about the guards and then running up and then cuts the cat going over the line what if i throw this stone over the line what if i go over to the fence what if i go up the hill (laughs) yeah like he's being such a little brat you know and like really like telling this lady and and she's like this is where i draw my line he's like oh like are you you're not brave enough and stuff and really trying to like tease this this area um, yeah this calls her a wuss Was, yeah. And then they go up on the hill where they can see another car coming and the cameraman's like freaking out and they cut yeah. to the camera guy. He's like, I don't want to be here. Like, we need to leave. And Louis's like, oh, like just totally, totally not fast. Like, yeah. just Billy was just super brave. Oh, and then my other favorite scene was when he's doing the, um, looking at the dissection of the cow. 
um, and talking about the anus and stuff. And he looks so uncomfortable. Like, yeah. like Louis has been in some weird ass situations, but like this to me for him, it just looks so uncomfortable. Yeah. And he goes to try and cover the bum hole rectum with his hand and says the viewers at the BBC shouldn't be seeing this. <laughs> and like, he, just, he can't quite cover it. You know, yeah. It just was so funny. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we are just laughing the whole way through. What was your favorite moment? Um so there's two there's two parts. When he's with the um Earth Defense Force people or whatever they call yeah. themselves, and they give him the gun and he's got like this diode thing <laughs> stuck to his head, which is attached to a wire to the gun, and he's like, But how am I gonna shoot them? There's no bullets in it. And the guy says well, you wouldn't shoot ghosts with a real gun. You'd shoot ghosts with a ghost gun. So this is like got quantum rays in it because that's what they are. And then so <laughs> it starts a bit of music and he says, and so we stood and we waited to, um, you know, defend the world, me with the gun and the guy was going to do the, the chopping and the guy's holding an axe. It's like, well, how? <laughs> <laughs> like a thought gun going to shoot an alien, but an axe is going to work? Like, it doesn't make sense. It's very, yeah. very funny. Um, uh. I also liked how he cut a scene. It was so perfect how he cut the scene. So there's the guy that owns the Area 51 um, gift shop, and he kicked the historian out <laughs> of a trailer. And... Um, Louis talking to him and says, oh, you know, I'm going to go visit him. You know, what do you think about that? And the guy's then smoking a cigarette behind the counter. He says, oh, I don't really want to talk about it. Um, and so then he goes, it, the, the scene cuts and he's with the historian and he says, you know, so what happened? And the guy says, well, in a drunken rage one night, they came in and they kicked me out and said, get out, you motherfucker. Uh, <laughs> and so then the scene cuts back to them being in the shop immediately and like there's no gaps at all and he goes oh yeah i, I heard you call him a motherfucker <laughs> and this cut of this conversation yeah. between the two um so so good so yeah good. And, and ben you remember when he's talking back with the other historian he says towards the end something like uh, is it because you left because he called you a motherfucker and then like the scene finishes as well <laughs> so funny <laughs> I think it was like a flat face something or like a round headed fucker or something. Yeah. Like a, yeah. <laughs> something like that. It's so good. So, so good. Um, uh, yeah. Annoyingly though. So I was watching it um, and uh, ABC iView on the PlayStation 4 keeps cutting out. So like watch 10 minutes and then it just died and then I had to like restart it. It's oh, just annoying. Yeah. It was really painful. And it's like, because it's a, a good show just to sit down and watch for an, like an hour um, mm. through stuff it always is. So yeah, that was like a, a minor annoyance. But his old stuff, I really, really like. And that's why I really like um, John Ronson, um, John Safran as well. I see them all in this same um, holy trinity of um, uh, awkward, uh, spryly <laughs> interviewers. Um, yep. Yeah. Very, very did fun. you did you watch the interview where he interviews himself? I think I've seen like, it before. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, because yeah. he's releasing a new book, I think, um, and it, he's doing an interview where he's interviewing himself on certain questions and stuff. Okay. Funny. <laughs> he's funny. He's very, he's very a good. funny guy. Yeah. Um, also, as some trivia, I was reading about it. So you know how he briefly refers to the heavens, Heaven's Gate guys. He wanted mm -hmm. to go do an interview with them as well as um, 
rail rail i think was another option yeah, yeah. um but it was a year after um that they'd had the mass suicide so yeah. the film was in 19 this documentary was 1997 uh 1998 and i believe that the suicide happened 1997 That's what right. i don't know and whether they shows the video of him emailing because he actually emailed them and they mm. said no no we have to um prepare for what is yeah. um our important mission at the moment yeah. whatever that means and then yeah he learned later they all killed themselves yeah and there's a quick brief view of people in body bags and like the, yeah. the, nothing's explained about it at all like yeah, it's quite yeah. funny it would have been topical um, at the time and everyone would have kind of i think known yeah i guess but yeah now we're we're watching this what 20 years on um yeah yeah it's pretty funny oh how hilarious when he goes to that guy the the guy that can channel <laughs> So after trying to get, yeah, yeah, they tries to get Heaven's Gate and then he tries to get rail. And then he's like, "Uh, what I could do was pay this guy $50 to try and, (laughs) and, you know, get an alien. And and when he gets there, this old guy sits down and is like super serious and is like, and he puts his head back in his face and he's like, I am contacting the, (laughs) he sounds like a a Dalek. He sounds very Dalek. Like, you know, affirmative, affirmative. I am talking to, you know, uh, number. And then the questions he asks is like totally just taking the piss. Like, will I see a a cow? (laughs) Like, will Will, I I have trouble on the road? Will I? (laughs) (laughs) And the Um, the answers are so vague. I do not, I do not think that you will have trouble on the road. Like that's all. (laughs) I liked um, how at the end of that, that sequence, so when um, the Reverend stops um, uh, projecting this, this personality, um, whatever he's doing, and then he says, oh, Louis, yeah, give me a hand, and opens up his, his shirt. <laughs> he's Louis, yeah. like, he's like, oh, why? And he, he rubs Louis's hand through his <laughs> old man chest hair. And he says, yeah, it's really sweaty. And Louis is just disgusted. <laughs> he's like... Yeah, it is pretty uh, sweaty. Yeah, there's a lot of sweat and keeps mm. rubbing his hand and just like... Yeah, he's just wiping his hand off yeah, himself. Like, oh. Walks away from him goes, yes, yes, there is a lot of sweat. Yes, sweat, sweat, yes. <laughs> like I just don't think he could believe at that point that he'd actually rubbed his hands through someone's <laughs> sweaty chest hair. Oh, he was so disgusted. Yeah. Uh, so very, funny. very funny. I like uh, yeah, Louis. Such a good episode. I love mm. Louis too. And and it doesn't look like the best job, like just go traveling around interviewing strange people with strange ideas. I would love yeah. to do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the, they'd just be so enjoyable. But that subculture aspect, like that, that tourism of subculture um, that Ronson and um, uh, Safran do, the way that they do it in the polite manner of giving people space, I think mm. actually allows us to learn more. Um, the the sex work thing that Louis did, um, which is um, other episodes, that's that's really sad because you've got people that are straight being pushed into homosexual um, uh, pornography, um, mm. and then you know there's people that actually were filmed as part of the first documentary and then followed up later, they died of yeah. STDs, and so it's like or committed suicide, right? There was like a yeah. major porn star that had committed suicide since yeah, then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then there's um like what ronson does with um internet groups and bullying and saffron with um, murderers and nazis as well with um through um Mm -hmm. he gives them this space so we can sort of understand where they're coming to and and he calls they they politely call them out on their um weird contradictions i guess 
Um, yeah, but in a way that allows the, the dialogue to almost speak for itself. So like Louis mm. doesn't need to go in and say how effed up are these people's views and, and really act act really aggressive because you can you can witness it when you listen to it and you watch it. And the way Louis can just do like a really well-guarded kind of question that, that poses the contradictions without pointing it out. And he doesn't do like a gotcha moment because he expects yeah. the audience, I think, to do it themselves. And it makes for a really... Um, nuanced way of interviewing because I think some people could misinterpret it. They might look at it and go, "Oh, he's an he's apologetic or he's mm. promoting these weird views," but it's just not the case. I don't think. Yeah, yeah. Well, and he says at the end of like he explicitly says at the end of this um, first episode, first season, he doesn't say it later because that's that's taken as a given. Um, but you know, he doesn't agree with what they're saying. Um, mm -hmm. The Nazi one was interesting when he was asked by um, one of the Nazis if he was offended um, by the Nazi flag because he's a Jew. And he just refused to answer whether he is or isn't. Yeah. Um, and that's that's the one moment where he says, because like, I've listened to interviews with him later, being interviewed, I think he was interviewed by Ronson, actually, um, someone. And so yeah, that's the one moment where he felt really uncomfortable, really, really uncomfortable because the table almost turned towards him and then there, you could see that there was this difference and um, it, was not, it was not able to be crossed. Yeah, that was scary too because I think he was worried he was going to get bashed or something as well because I think they, yeah. said, they were saying stuff like that, that they would keep, like, bash him if he would said yes or no. So it was really brave mm -hmm. of him not to say anything. Yeah. So I don't think Louis is Jewish, is he? Don't know. I don't know either. But I mean that like he was, was really brave of him to just be like, oh, I'm not going to answer that question. I don't feel comfortable answering that. Yeah. So I think that was pretty cool. Yeah. Um, I'm a big fan. I haven't seen much of um, Ronson's stuff at all. I don't know what you'd recommend. I know Saffron's work pretty well, but not. Yeah, Ronson's books are one of the most readable books that I've, I've read. Like they're very mm -hmm. good for travel, which is great at this time of year when we no one can travel anywhere um but yeah they're, they're easy page turners and um yeah his, his interviews are also quite good um that i've i've read and watched saffron anything like yeah his his mm. documentaries are awesome yeah i remember the, the the what have i i used to listen to him his pod like podcast all the time on the abc yeah with, um, Father the sunday night saffron yeah mm. Yeah, I've been on an episode. Oh, I think I remember you telling me that about bullying, right? Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, that's right. Yeah, which is pretty cool. Um, no, I really like Saffron, and and I, but Louis got some sort of like I think he has that English charm where you kind of get away yeah. with things, very roguish in like mm. a endearing way. But I really like Saffron too. Um, yeah, Ronson's um, also British, but he's more squeaky. So I think he's more. Um, I think he's from Manchester. Mm -hmm. So he's like a different, um, whereas you, you could put through in Eton and would not find him out of place. Like he's very well-spoken and, you know, yeah. um, whereas Ronson's more, um, yeah, Ronson's funny because Ronson like shows a little bit more of his personality sometimes. Um, yeah. Yeah. Which is cool. But yeah, anyway. very, very similar um, styles. Um, for anyone who wants to watch the episode so um 
where can they find things? Louis Theroux is on uh, ABC iView in Australia, um, BBC mm-hmm. in the UK. I don't know where in America. If you're it's actually episode two as well. The UFO one's episode two, I think. Is it? Yeah, season one, episode two. And the previous okay. one is on televangelism. Oh. Televangelists. Um, yeah. And then, uh, yeah. So I watched it on iView. And I didn't realize my TV has some smart TV capacity. So I was able to just, on the TV, go to iView straight from there, from the television. It's quite cool. Oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Mm. Um, it's an old TV. I didn't know I could do that. But yeah, that's where yeah. I watched it. But they only have a limited episode. I think they only have like three or four episodes of the Yeah, it keeps week, getting re- renewed. So there's that one is going to end, I think, in three or four days or something. And then there's yeah. another one that keeps coming out. Um, yeah. It's kind of cool. Uh, yeah. And then Russell's stuff is on Netflix. Yeah. Is Louis doing anything new, like at the moment? Like it's, other than writing, I know he's producing a book. Um, I think it might be get through this or something like some punny get <laughs> i get it well he he did that um scientology movie oh uh, yeah 16 and that was big so i i think he took a, a break um yeah then... oh okay yeah so he published another book um which is a call of the weird travels in american subcultures um and then he is going to release Ah, oh, he released his autobiography. Got to get through this. Oh, uh, yeah. September of 2019. That's what who, I was thinking of. Who'd have known the fires would have gotten rid of my knowledge of through? There you go. That's like it's a deleted months from September all the way through <laughs> till now. Um, I've missed so much stuff um, of the world. It's very strange. Yep. Hmm. Um, anyway, yeah, definitely. Ch- I'm sure most people that listen are pretty familiar with Theroux. If not, you should definitely become familiar with Theroux. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I, hope, well, I guess we'll, we haven't really decided what we're doing the next couple of weeks, but we'll do something. Nah, I don't think we should tell them. Get, keep them guessing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, I hope you all enjoyed the episode. Unless there's anything else you would like to say in sum. No, I just apologise for last week's my bad audio quality. Um, I've got my mic on this time, so it should be better. But I was a bit soft, hard to hear. So sorry about that. All good. I will mix it and then make your audio even softer this week. So it's fine. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) Yeah. Awesome. All All right. Well, bye, everybody. Thanks for listening. Bye.